Ankle injuries extend from the common sprain to the complex arthritis case that could warrant total joint replacement surgery. What are the keys to a good clinical evaluation for a range of ankle injuries, and what can you counsel your patients to anticipate following a more serious ankle injury? You are listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, Professor of Surgery and Practicing General Surgeon. Our guest is Dr. Selin Parekh, Head of the Foot and Ankle Division of the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at the University of North Carolina School of Medicine. Welcome, Dr. Parekh. Thank you for having me today. Dr. Parekh, could you just explain to us what exactly is an ankle sprain? I mean, when do you tell a patient just to walk it off? When do they have to see someone like you? When do you get an x-ray? Sure. Well, an ankle sprain, the term actually means an injury to the ligament structures that are on the outer part usually of the ankle. And they can range from ligaments that sit on the front part of the ankle to the side of the ankle and infrequently in the back of the ankle. The injury to these ligaments can range from a slight stretch type injury to a full out tear of these ligaments. The whole array of these injuries is called an ankle sprain. Now, obviously, some of these will be fairly low consequentially in terms of long-term outcome and will require very little intervention. Those injuries are the ones patients can just walk off. The ones that tend to be more serious are the ones where patients continue to have persistent pain. They may have associated swelling, ecchymosis, bruising associated with the injury. Those are the ones where the individual patient should seek medical attention. Well, how soon should they seek medical attention? Should they give it a day or two, or should they see you straight away? You know, I think most patients probably get a good sense at the time of the injury, whether it feels like a serious ankle sprain or just the usual minor ankle sprain that they've walked off in the past. That's usually a pretty good indicator. The patients usually have a good sense of it. I would say that if there are injuries where the patients feel like this may be an unusual type of ankle sprain for them or one that may feel more serious with an associated pop or twist or an immediate bruising of the area, those are the ones that you've probably seen within the first day, otherwise probably within the first week. Why do we see so many of these? I mean, do we just have bad ankles? Do we wear the wrong shoes? Or are we just more active than we used to be? You know, that's a great question. So actually 25,000 ankle injuries are seen in the country per day. Wow. And that includes emergency room, primary care physicians, offices, orthopedic surgeons' offices. So this is a very, very common injury. And I think it's just because we are a very active society, and particularly with the baby boomers, as all of them tend to age and they want to retain their activity levels, we are putting our ankles at risk every day. And then we also, over the years, have evolved to try to get into more dangerous and susceptible type activities things like snowboarding, rock climbing, all these things tend to put our ankle at even increased risk. Now, when you see a patient with an ankle injury, do you always get some sort of imaging study? So in my practice, I always will get a plain set of x-rays because I just don't want to miss a subtle fracture that may be seen or an injury into the ankle joint, which may not be evident right from the physical exam. So yes, in my practice, I do get an x-ray on every single patient who would come in for an ankle sprain. How does the addition of a small avulsion fracture affect the treatment 
of a ligamentous injury of the ankle? Most small avulsion fractures that may be coming off of the lateral malleolus of the ankle joint are inconsequential and wouldn't really change your management for the most part. If the patient tends to be very tender, then you may want to immobilize them in some kind of ankle brace for a week or two. But for the most part, the small avulsion fracture, when it comes off of the lateral malleolus, is inconsequential. Well, when do you get CTs and MRIs? So the CAT scans and the MRIs, the, the higher level imaging, is important when you are thinking about injuries to other structures around the ankle. So things like the lateral process of the talus, also known as a snowboarder's injury, that is an injury where you have a fracture of the talus, which occurs with the same mechanism of an ankle sprain. You'd want to get a CAT scan for that. If you're thinking about something called an osteochondral defect, which is where you take a chip of bone and cartilage out of the ankle joint and it is associated with an ankle sprain, you would want to get an MRI for that or a CAT scan. If you're thinking about patients having a frank rupture of their ligaments, those you'd want to get an MRI. And if you're thinking about patients who may have a syndesmotic injury, also known as a high ankle sprain, at times, those are patients you may want to get an MRI on them. Now, how do you think that those of us who are not ankle specialists, meaning the primary care doctors and someone like myself as a general surgeon or, or the general orthopedist, how are we generally doing in ankle injuries? Are we missing injuries that should be seen by a specialist like yourself? The vast array of ankle sprains and ankle injuries, I think, are appropriately cared for by the primary care physicians or even the emergency room. I think the patients who go on to persistent pain or those who have the large amount of edema, a lot of ecchymosis, those are the ones I think the primary cares are very good at referring to a subspecialist like myself. When you immobilize one of these sprains without having to do any surgical intervention, how long do they generally have to be immobile? So if, if they have a high ankle sprain, I would immobilize them usually for about four to six weeks. And what is a high ankle sprain? So a high ankle sprain is where an individual may have a sprain of the ligaments on the lateral aspect of the ankle, the medial aspect of the ankle, and an associated syndesmotic sprain. Those individuals would be immobilized for about six weeks. Individuals who have just the regular ankle sprain, which is just on the lateral side of the ankle joint, I immobilize them for one or two days at most. My real goal is to try to get them quickly into physical therapy to get the range of motion back, to get some of the proprioception back, and to strengthen the perineal tendons. If you have just joined us, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable from ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and our guest is Dr. Celan Parekh, head of the Foot and Ankle Division of the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at the University of North Carolina School of Medicine. We are discussing a range of therapies for ankle injuries. Doctor, let's shift gears to a more complex area involving total ankle arthroplasties. When should a physician recommend this kind of procedure? Who would be the best candidate and what do you do for this? Sure. So total ankle arthroplasty is indicated for individuals who have end-stage arthritis. And that may be rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, or, or any other post-traumatic type arthritis where patients have near bone-on-bone arthritis. Those are, are very appropriate individuals to be considered for total ankle replacements or arthroplasty. The evolution of total ankle arthroplasty has been pretty interesting over the last 20 years, and it's only been in the last two years that there has been a resurgence of interest in the total ankle re- replacement procedures because the new implants 
are giving us better outcomes that we've, than we've achieved ever before. Do we ever just fuse the joints? Fusions of the ankle joint remain the gold standard of care, but with the evolution of these new implants, it is becoming more compelling to have patients get total ankle replacements so that they can maintain their ankle range of motion and maintain their biomechanics, which are severely altered with an ankle fusion. Now, when we talk about implants, what are we talking about exactly? So for total ankle replacement, you will replace the ankle joint both on the tibial side as well as the tailor side of the, of the ankle joint. And you use metal here? Correct. I'm told that you are um, uh, using a new approach without metal. So patients who have end-stage arthritis, some individuals in the past have looked at using what's called osteoarticular allografts to replace the ankle joint. The data and the research that's been performed on this procedure the last decade has shown that the outcomes of that are not very good. They're okay, but they're not great. Some of the newer research is being done in osteochondral defects of the talus, where you just lose a portion of the cartilage and the bone of the talus. And that's where a lot of research is being focused on, on ways to try to regrow cartilage in those specific areas. Now, why is that so advantageous as opposed to just putting in a metal implant? Well, so putting in a metal implant is, is a great procedure for individuals who have global arthritis of their entire ankle joint or significant arthritis in a significant part of their ankle joint. An osteochondral defect is a discrete lesion in the talus, and the rest of the ankle joint looks good. So you'd like to try to save the entire ankle joint because you usually don't have much arthritis at this point. So it's usually a painful ankle that has this osteochondral defect, which is the discrete lesion, and the rest of the ankle looks pretty good. Doctor, put things in perspective for us, please. You know, we always hear about arthritis of the back and hips and knees, and it's not as common that we hear about ankle arthritis. Is it frequent? That's a great question. So if you look at the market of total ankle replacements compared to total hip and knee replacements, there are only about 4,000 total ankle replacements being done in the United States per year and about 250,000 total knee replacements being done, 250,000 hip replacements being done per year. So the epidemiology is dramatically different. Ankle arthritis is not nearly as common as knee or hip arthritis. Is ankle arthritis usually precipitated by a prior injury? Absolutely. Post-traumatic arthritis is one of the number one ways of developing arthritis of the ankle joint. And so what makes you decide when you have to do something like a total ankle arthroplasty on a patient that's coming to you and says, doctor, I have pain in my ankle? So the indications for total ankle replacement are individuals who tend to be a little bit older, individuals who have a painful arthritic ankle, and it may or may not be end stage, but we're really treating the symptoms more than just the x-ray. Now, there are individuals who tend to be 80 kilograms or less, and there's patients who tend to have ankle arthritis with no deformity of the ankle joint, meaning that the ankle is not in, in what we call a varus or valgus, but it's biomechanically still aligned underneath the rest of the lower extremity. When do you decide to do an arthrodesis versus putting a metal or otherwise implant? So arthrodesis, as I said earlier, is still the gold standard of care, and patients are offered both options and given the pros and cons of both options. And really, it depends on the patient's interest and their desire to have a total ankle replacement versus an ankle fusion. When do you use what for what? Well, the indication for ankle fusion would be individuals who tend to be in very laborious-type jobs, individuals who are really going to pound on their lower extremity. Ankle fusions are great for those individuals. Individuals who don't mind losing the range of motion 
and don't mind being biomechanically altered a little bit, those are individuals who ankle fusion is, is a good option. And also individuals who tend to be very heavy set, and ankle fusion is, is a great option. Ankle replacements really are, again, for individuals who are 80 kilograms or less, want to maintain an active lifestyle, they won't necessarily be able to get back to doing activities such as basketball or baseball or volleyball, things where they're going to pound on the ankle, but they'll be able to do low-level activities such as swimming, golf, low-grade hiking, things like that. So they're able to maintain their lifestyle a little bit better with an ankle replacement. Can the patients who have fusion actually do athletics? They can, but again, there's significant alterations in their gait and in their running. So they can do it, but it's it's not as comfortable as if you had had an ankle replacement. Now, you mentioned about the 80-kilogram issue. Do patients who have morbid obesity have greater ankle problems? So that's a, a great question. There was a study published about a year to two years ago in the Foot and Ankle International Journal that showed that obesity correlates with ankle arthritis. And so do you, in your practice, see morbid obese patients with significantly more frequent ankle problems? I do. And where do you see the future taking us in terms of improvements in newer biological materials similar to the collagen found in the cartilage? So for osteochondral defects, there's a lot of research being placed in trying to find collagen replacement materials that will allow chondrocytes to grow back into the defected area and replace the, the cartilage. And there are a few companies that are really working aggressively on that. For ankle replacements, again, when you have end-stage arthritis, the advancements are going to occur with better biomaterials, better wear characteristics, and materials and techniques that allow you to produce an ankle replacement that is more biomechanically aligned and more anatomically aligned to the native ankle joint. Do you think we'll ever get to a point where either we'll be doing all fusions or all implants, or will we always decide one versus the other depending on the patient? I think eventually in the next decade, I think we're going to see more and more ankle replacements being performed because I think we're going to be improving the biomechanics of the ankle replacements even better than what we have today. The technology for ankle replacements is where total hip and knee replacements were approximately 20 to 30 years ago. There's a lot of interest in it. There's a lot of room for perfection still, but it is an excellent, excellent choice right now for individuals who want to maintain ankle range of motion and and individuals who have end-stage ankle arthritis. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Celan Parekh. We've been discussing a range of ankle issues from common sprains to full replacement procedures. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable from ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, and thank you for listening.